Welcome. Hey, this is Kevin Shinnick, writer of Star Wars Force Collector. I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic. This is Dominic Pace, who plays Gekko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Claudia Gray. I write Star Wars books. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. To Star Wars Comics in Canon, the Force is strong with this one. Hello there and welcome to Star Wars Comics in Canon, your guide to the wider Star Wars canon through the comic book lens. And to take you on this journey, I'm your host, Mike Burton. And so brings episode 124, it's an April Fool's Day special. So my friends, obviously this show is called Star Wars Comics in Canon, however this comic I'm tackling is not technically canon, but it's not Legends either. It's set in the Star Wars Visions alternate universes. I want to say universe, but it seems like every Star Wars Visions episode is maybe its own universe in some ways. Who knows, maybe they're all connected, but to me it seems like each one is its own thing. But I thought as it's April Fool's Day, it's a pretty good time to release something that's not strictly speaking canon, and not something that I usually do necessarily. Now, Star Wars Visions, it's the anthology animated series, which season one of it came out, I think, two years ago, and myself, Megan, Jack, and Rhea all reviewed it um, in its entirety, went through each episode, gave our thoughts. We all had varying degrees of opinions, but generally speaking, it was like three episodes were absolutely brilliant. There was a handful that were pretty good, and then there was a few that none of us really enjoyed very much. However, The Duel, which is the first one, episode one on season one, that is what this comic relates to, and that is one that I think is pretty probably the best one and that's what this exact comic is about now season two of visions is coming out in a month or so's time i think may the 4th 2023 is when it will be released and that's going to have a whole new host of animation studios i believe that for series one of visions it was japanese animation studios whereas i think for season two they've opened it up a little bit more there's a few more people involved ardman who make more from wallace and gromit they're doing one of them which i'm incredibly excited for and so is cartoon saloon and they created the Apple TV Plus movie called Wolf Walkers, which is absolutely incredible as well. Love the animation style there. So I'm really excited for season two. So this seemed like the perfect opportunity to talk about a Visions related comic. So as I said, this is called Visions number one. It is written, the artwork and the color work are all done by Takashi Okazaki. Now, Takashi Okazaki also wrote the dual episode of Visions, which is the first episode of season one. And that's what this is a prequel to. So there's actually three pieces of content now surrounding the duel. There's this comic, which is the prequel to it. There's the duel itself. And then there's also a book called Ronin. Now, Ronin is a book written by Emma Mieko Kandon, and it was released October 12th, 2021. Whereas the duel itself, with all the other episodes of season one of Visions, came out September 22nd, 2021. So I have not actually read Ronin, and there's a lot of Star Wars books I want to read, but because Ronin wasn't strictly speaking canon, and because it's all set on like a 15 minute short, I didn't really prioritise it. I've heard it's really, really good, I've heard a lot of people thoroughly enjoy it, but it just didn't get on my priority list, and I didn't have time to read it before this episode, so I haven't, to be honest with you. So there's probably a few connections to the Ronin book that I may have missed, so I do apologise to anyone if I have missed those, but this is going to be how this comic connects to both the wider Star Wars canon, but also the duel itself. But also I suspect that a lot of people who've seen Visions didn't even know about the existence of this comic, so I'm going to give you a little bit of information you know, as we go, because if you haven't joined me before, I'm going to go through the plot details of this comic and talk about connections along the way. But this one is 
The artwork is just incredible. If you like the artwork and the art stylings and animations of the jewel itself, then you're sure to love this. This has some of my favorite Star Wars artwork in it. I absolutely love really highly detailed, like graphite looking art with like a lot of intense colors. That's my preference for style. I quite like realism in certain ways as well. And so, yeah, I absolutely adore this comic. I think it's absolutely brilliant. It's really, really cool. But the artwork itself is really the star here. So I already said that Takashi Okazaki is the individual who wrote, did the artwork for it, and also did the colour work, but also the person who did the English translation for it is Aki Yanagi. And the artwork itself in this, it's black and white primarily, but with splashes of colour. That's kind of how I would describe it. Things like blaster shots, uh, the lightsaber, lights on the droid, those sorts of things are in colour. But all the people, all the environment, all those sorts of things, they're all in black and white. Which I thoroughly enjoy this. I'm hoping that if this comic's already gone through a second printing. So what I would love is if they did a Ronan book but as the comic adaptation, but in this style, then I would definitely pick it up. Then I would read that because that sounds amazing. And they have already done quite a few book adaptations. Some of them are adapted into manga. Some of them are adapted into comics themselves. The Thrawn novel that was adapted into a comic, whereas Lost Stars and Guardians of the Wills have both been translated into manga. And I actually have the Guardians of the Wills manga as well, which I will be tackling at some point on this show. But that's basically all the background information and things. So we'll delve straight in. But as a reminder, this is a prequel to the Jewel episode of Visions. If you've not seen the Jewel, I would recommend watching it, but you can watch it after or before listening to the rest of this episode. Your choice, but I would hugely recommend checking it out because it is really cool. So, here is the crawl. Before the Ronin and his droid encountered the Sith in a small village, the two wanderers have a different type of encounter in the snowy mountains. So this all starts with a blind, white-haired guy with a droid who spots some trouble. Now, I assume he's blind because he's got a bandage across his eyes, and then later on he does say that he'd lost his eyes in a war, so we can assume he's blind. Now, this guy is identified a little bit later on in the comic as Shogun, so I'm just going to refer to him as Shogun going forward. And the droid that he is with is an R-series astromech droid, so it's not unlike R2-D2, it just seems to have like a big eye on its top dome. So the trouble that the Shogun spots seems to be Ronin. So Ronin is the main character in the Visions episode Duel. He's also in the Ronin novel, so he's just referred to as Ronin. So Ronin is walking along the leg of a toppled AT-80. So AT-80s are first seen in Empire Strikes Back. They stand for all-terrain armoured transport. They're the really, really big ones on Hoth that had to have the snow speeders wrap the cables around their legs and then it made them topple. Those are AT-80s. So one of those has fallen down sideways on and it seems to be used as some sort of bridge between these two kind of cavern bits at the top of a mountain. It seems to be a big gap down the middle and he is walking along that. So Ronin is walking along that with his droid, which is the droid we get to see in the duel, and his name is B-556. B-556 is also an astromech droid, but this astromech droid really likes wearing thatched hats. So Ronin is about halfway across this bridge of the AT-AT leg, and it seems like he's just been surrounded. So there's about six people behind him, and then about 14 people in front of him. They seem to be thugs, and they want his droid. So Ronin just stares at them and says nothing when they're demanding that he passes his droid over and surrenders. And his droid, B-556, is actually in the head of an ATST. So ATST are all-terrain scout transports. They're also known as chicken walkers. You do see them in The Empire Strikes Back, but you see them a lot more in Return of the Jedi on the moon of Endor. It's basically just a box of two legs, but B-5 is actually in just the head of one, which seems to have like wheels on the bottom of it, I think. That's kind of how it moves. So after Ronan just says nothing to these thugs' threats, they then decide to open fire but try to avoid hitting the droid because that's what they're after. 
Some of these thugs have got tattoos, and one of them notably has an imperial tattoo, so it's the insignia of the Empire. You do see it not really in the movies that much. There is a scene when, when Vader's being put into his suit after him being burned on Mustafar. There's like an image from like a top-down shot where him on the med table and the surrounding lights and things look a lot like the Imperial logo. I think you would find it if you kind of scoured the original trilogy or the sequel trilogy to a degree for it, but it's primarily in animation and comics and things like that. So these thugs open fire on Ronin and he just easily avoids all of them, just like ducking out of the way, moving his head, and then he deflects a lot of them. He deflects like five in a row and they all manage to hit the five or six people behind him and then he is staring down the people in front. One stray bolt damages B5's hat, and B5 is pretty annoyed by this, so he activates the ATST head that he is in. It opens up, and there are guns on it, there's like a missile launcher, there's a lot of weaponry coming out of this thing. If yourselves know who BT1 is from the Afra and Vader comics, kind of like that being an ATST head. So B5 activates this because, as I said, he loves his hat, which is now damaged, and it just fires missiles and blasters all over the gang, and it kills pretty much all of them. So Ronin and the droid then just walk past these, basically the corpses of these guys, and they head to what is a hot spring nearby. So Ronin is sat in the hot spring, and B5 is in another kind of spring. It looks like it's probably an oil sort of spring, but they don't make explicit mention of it, but the water is dark, so I assume it is oil. It becomes nighttime while they're there and resting, and then Shogun appears and asks if he can join. Ronin does agree, and they sit in the hot springs drinking sake together. Shogun jokingly offers Ronin a massage, but Ronin kindly rejects that. He says that he wants to keep the pain of his wounds, noting that in past battles he has killed so many, and that's why he deserves it, that's why he deserves the pain. And you get to see a lot of the scars on him, and again the artwork for this is incredible, and one of my favourite Star Wars artwork panels is actually in this comic, and it's the scene I just mentioned, which is after he says of all the people he's killed, there's like a full page where you get to see like a variety of individuals, all with red lightsabers who he seemingly has killed, and it's just a beautiful panel of artwork. It's, it just looks so cool, and me describing it will not do it justice. Then Shogun thinks back to the war. He notes that his eyes were lost during the war, and that's when he tells Ronin his name being Shogun, and notes the fact that he lost his eyes in the battles. And when you see a flashback of what the war was, the people who are firing the soldiers and things, they're wearing armour that is akin to the armour that we see in Attack of the Clones, you know, midway through, sort of towards the end, that clone trooper helmets and things, but they've got the Imperial insignia on them, and there's lots of ships flying nearby them and things like LAATs, and they're the ships that you get to see in Attack of the Clones and the Battle of Geonosis, and there's a few other ships and things, there's like a, what seems to be a Star Destroyer in kind of the distance, or a Republic cruiser, those sorts of things. So again, really cool flashbacks, and it's it's adding quite a lot of lore to this world, so I must say that the comic is certainly raising my intrigue for the Ronan book, but again, I might just wait to see and hope that they release a comic adaptation of that. So Shogun's flashback, so he notes that he was hit by what felt like a force of lightning, but it seemed to be some sort of force vision, where he's at the top of this building and he falls off and he says he should have died falling from that height, but when he lands he has a vision of the father. Now, I believe this is heavily linked with Japanese folklore because a lot of what is in The Jewel and in Series 1 of Visions, but I think specifically in The Jewel, a huge amount of it is influenced by Japanese culture and history. So I believe that the father and the aesthetics of that really link in with that too. So the father tells Shogun that he needs to go to a temple, Elujoji, on the planet of Sukalan because the truth awaits him there. And Shogun says that he's been searching for it ever since, although he's never heard of it. Now Ronin notes that he was told by a teacher that apparently the truth of the galaxy is there, and it's the only place where you can purify your soul. 
I had a brief look online and Elu Joji and Sukaland don't seem to show up to do with Star Wars or when I Google them, they don't really seem to show up with anything else that seems to be relevant. So maybe that'll be something that comes up in the future. Maybe I've missed it. Who knows? It might be something linking in with Japanese folklore that the English version of Google just doesn't really show very well. If you know, please tell me. But while Shogun and Ronin are having this conversation, we go over and see what B556 is doing. And although B5 is still in the oil pit thing, B5 is actually gambling with dice games with what looks to be Ewoks, and Ronin notes that the droid loves dice. Shogun finds this quite funny and then mentions that there's a nearby casino, but he says that it's currently closed due to some hassle recently because some 20 of the owner's minions went to fight someone, but only one survived and came back, and this one that came back and survived mentioned a red lightsaber. It's then apparent that morning has come as the light is shining and things, and Ronin says that he needs to leave. As he's prepping, ready to go, Shogun asks if he can join, so they walk together. Shogun notes that there's a place nearby that they can have a drink, but Ronin declines. So they reach this sort of shrine place, and Ronin decides he needs to go left, which means they'd be going up like a mountain sort of thing, and then Shogun decides he needs to go right, which would then be further down the mountain. Now before they part ways, Ronin asks Shogun if he's forgotten something, and Shogun's like, well, what do you mean? And Ronin says, well, have you forgotten to kill me, Master Jedi? And then you get to see some more incredible artwork where the two of them are kind of looking at each other and then they both unsheath their blades and Shogun's blade is a really deep purple. It's it's kind of like Mace Windu's but much more of a blue tint to it. It, it looks amazing. And they kind of go at each other but there's three or four panels of artwork and it's not abundantly clear of what explicitly happens but it's that kind of samurai thing where two people with swords kind of launch at each other and then you just both see them standing on the other side of each other just there and then suddenly you see like something break. That's the kind of interaction that this artwork is showing and what actually breaks is nothing to do with Shogun but it's actually part of the hilt that makes the lightsaber that Ronin has. After a moment of calm after that just occurred, Shogun then says, if you are alive, then our fates should cross again, and kind of laughs to himself, and then just wanders off with his droid. Ronan then notes that if he had had both hands fully on his blade, then he would have died. So I think it's heavily insinuating that Shogun would have heavily outmatched Ronin, and obviously what we see in the duel, and I suspect what you see in the book Ronin, that Ronin is actually like an incredible individual, because this is going to be some spoilers for the duel, but I would hope that you've seen the duel, so I would say if you haven't seen the duel, pause this, go watch it, and then come back to this, but in the duel you find out that Ronin was actually a Sith, and what Ronin has spent his time doing is going around and killing old Sith and taking their lightsaber crystals, so when you see him fighting in things, he is like an incredible fighter, he's so powerful, obviously where he's a Sith, Dark Side users are generally more powerful and things anyway. So knowing that Shogun is so much more advanced in many ways than Ronin, it just further evidences just how powerful this Force user must be, and I would love to see more from Shogun. But then as this comic comes to a close, B5 makes a comment, and obviously we don't know what it is because he's a droid so you just see beeps and things, and he lights a little fire, kind of like BB-8 does in The Force Awakens, the little thumbs up sort of thing that BB-8 does to Finn. That's kind of what I think B5 is doing to Ronin. And then Ronin's final line of dialogue and the final panel in this comic shows that Ronin and B5 are walking away and Ronin says, let's go master. And that's where it ends. So it's quite a fun little thing. I think there's a lot of interpretations that it could be there. You know, there's like a really off the wall explanation, which is his master has like died or something and has kind of somehow his consciousness is trapped in a droid or, you know, something along those lines. It could just be that this droid is incredibly wise and he is actually Ronin's master. It could be that this droid is the reason that Ronin kind of turned away from the dark side and actually became someone of the light. If anyone's read the Ronin novel, they probably already know the answer to these questions. So this is more me kind of pondering and thinking about things. But I really liked that little line of dialogue. It's just quite cool. And it's 
It's one of those things in Star Wars where droids are often seen as second-class citizens or just tools and utility, especially from, you know, air quotes, baddies. But also there's a lot of people who are air quotes, good guys, and they still don't really treat droids very well because they don't view them as being alive. Especially in the comics, I think they delve into a lot deeper of that concept of whether or not droids are actually conscious and alive. There's the C-3PO comic, which is the Phantom Limb, which explains how he got his red arm that you see in The Force Awakens. I tackled that really early on in comics and canon. I think it's episode like two or three or something. And in that, there's some really interesting questions that are raised about whether or not C-3PO is actually like a conscious being or not. And it's like those sorts of questions that surround AI are things that I find incredibly intriguing. So I thoroughly enjoyed sort of that one almost throwaway line of dialogue. I just think it's so cool. And there's probably a lot of weight to that. And it's quite well thought out. So yeah, thought that was brilliant. But yeah, that, that is it, my friends. It's quite a short episode today. Yeah, really, really good comic. I do recommend people pick it up. It's on its second printing as of uh, recording this. And so as of release of this, which is going to be in two days, hopefully it will actually be still out for second printing. But I would say if you're a fan of Visions, pick it up. It's, it's really cool. The artwork alone is amazing. Like two panels in it could just be amazing posters, to be completely honest with you. So what else is going on? Well, check the show notes, as I always say to people, because there will be a link to my Visions conversation from, you know, nearly two years ago about the duel and also all the other Visions from Season 1. I will be recording an episode for Visions Season 2. I don't know who's going to be joining me or when it will be, but it will be a thing eventually. But we're about a month and a week or so away from that, so there's a lot more stuff to deal with before then. What else is there coming up? Well, I'm still doing my Mandalorian weekly discussion shows. So as of this being released, episode five review should be up. At the moment, I'm recording it with uh, Spider-Dan from Spider-Dan and the Secret Boars and Ike from Ike's Flame, who obviously I've collaborated with both of those lovely gentlemen previously. So I'm very excited to talk to them about this episode. And then I'll be continually doing that as we go forward. I think next week it's just going to be me and Megan because we're actually going to be in London for Star Wars Celebration. So I'm going to be taking my microphone for Star Wars Celebration. So I'll be able to do lots of recordings, lots of thoughts. You know, if I'm lucky, I might be able to speak to a couple of the creators there or the Star Wars High Republic authors or maybe cosplayers. I don't really know. I'm there for all four days. So I think it's going to kind of depend on what panels we see, how busy myself and Megan actually are with the panels, with the own stuff we've got going on. We've got a friend joining us on this Sunday as well. So it may end up just being myself and Megan in the hotel room after a day of style celebration, kind of breaking down what we saw and talking about those sort of things. But we'll figure that out when we get there. And then what's going on next week for release? So... I haven't decided if next week I'm going to release a standard episode of Star Wars Comics and Canon, if I'm just going to be releasing the Star Wars Celebration episode. I haven't really figured it out. I think for my own ease, it's probably best for me not to try and do a full episode of Star Wars Comics and Canon. So I suspect next week will just be uh, Star Wars Celebration coverage, and as well as the, the Mandalorian uh, Season 3 Episode 6, uh, which I think is going to be Chapter 22. Uh, those sort of things. So they'll be out anyway, so you will get that, as well as my usual genuine chit-chat stuff. Then the week after that, I imagine I'll do the Battle of Jeddah audio drama review. Um, so that'll mean that I've covered basically all the High Republic stuff from Phase 2 Wave 1 aside from the comics, which means I can then kind of get a move on and start doing the comics because the five of those are out now. So that's the first sort of arc. Plus there's the other things coming out. I think The Blade is almost finished, which is a miniseries. Quest of the Jedi is coming out soon, which is a one-shot. The High Republic Adventures for Phase 2, they're coming out as well. So lots of cool things there. And also the Nameless Terror, I've got issue one of that as well. So lots of 
Quire Republic stuff happening there, as well as Cataclysms coming out, Quest for Planet X, and Path of Vengeance. So they're all coming out too. So there will be a lot of High Republic coverage over the coming months. But obviously, I'm still doing Hidden Empire stuff, which I think I won't be doing Hidden Empire 4 for a few more weeks. I think the next thing I'll be doing is going to be the Han Solo and Chewbacca comics. So that's going to be comics 6 to 10, because I tackled the issues 1 to 5. I think it was like November time. I can't 100% remember. I'll give yourselves more information when we get nearer the time, but that's probably going to be the next thing I tackle. And then, as I said, I try and do sort of alternate weeks. So it'll be... Next week will be Star Wars Celebration, so somewhat a write-off. Then the week after that will probably be the Battle of Jeddah audio drama review. The week after that will probably be the Han Solo and Chewbacca comics. Then the week after that will probably be Back to the High Republic, so I would suspect by that point it'll be the uh, first volume of the comics. Then the week after that, I imagine I'll be doing the Yoda miniseries because that's going to also be 10 issues and the fifth issue is due for delivery quite soon. So that'll be the next thing I tackle. And then I imagine after that, then it will be High Republic again. Then it will probably be Hidden Empire 4. Uh, and then we'll kind of go from there. There is still the hyperspace stories, which I'm going to be tackling as well. There's obviously the Clone Wars Battle Tales from IDW Publishing. There's the Guardians of the Wheels manga as well, plus the three High Republic books that are coming out. And also I'm currently reading Battle Scars as well, the book that's set after Jedi Fallen Order, but before Jedi Survivor. So I'll be doing a review for that as well at some point. I'm also going to be playing the game Jedi Survivor, which comes at the end of April. So I'm hoping to get my review done before that game comes out. So the review can kind of be released somewhat as promo for the game. And then I may release a review for the game. I haven't really decided. I might just do it for Patreon. Who knows? Speaking of Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat to support me in all my amazing endeavors, including helping me fund the uh, comic addiction that I have for all these Star Wars comics, because obviously the money has to come from somewhere. So if you want to help contribute to that, as well as the running costs for genuine chit chat and you want to get loads of exclusive content so if you just want star wars stuff there's star wars legends book reviews there i've done the darth bane trilogy shatterpoint darth plagueis rogue squadron revan i've just recorded darth maul shadow hunter i'm listening to deceived as well so i'll be delving into more legends stuff there as well but there's also loads of non-star wars stuff there so there's loads of reviews that myself and megan do of tv shows of live performances of movies all kinds of stuff and we've been really watching a lot of movies over the last couple of weeks so there's quite a few of that there's like american psycho there's Goon there's Drive, there's the Blade Runner movies, there's loads of them. So if you want to help support the show for as little as £1 a month and get access to over 160 episodes of Afterthoughts, some Star Wars related, some not, please consider going to patreon.com slash genuine chits chat. If you can't afford to help out financially, there's a variety of other ways you can help. You can follow me on social media at genuine chit chat. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash genuine chit chat. You can leave reviews on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods. You can leave a rating on Spotify. You can share on social media. You can tell your friends about it. Any way in which you want to help out the show there are a huge amount of avenues that you can do that but also check out the show notes because even more information of what stuff i've been up to and there's a few collaboration things that i'm doing going forward as well but that is going to be enough for me my friends thank you so much for listening as always i appreciate each and every one of you listening especially all the way to the very end please let me know what you thought of visions about this comic and if you'd be interested in any more sort of visions-esque content and if you're excited for vision series 2 and all that usual jazz so I'll speak to yourselves next week, likely with my coverage of Star Wars Celebration with Megan, and then from there we'll get back to the usual programming. So thank you so much, I'll speak to you next week, and as always, may the Force be with you. The intro for Star Wars Comics and Canon is arranged by myself, Mike Burton, and the backing music was made by Eric Matias of soundimage.org. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.